Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar! Second half for Baltimore. Six plays, 55 yards, touchdown. 12 plays, 93 yards, touchdown. 11 plays, 78 yards, touchdown. 31-10, game over. Uh, Lamar Jackson in the game goes 16 of 22 for a buck 52, two touchdown passes. 11 carries, 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns running the football. He had a 93.9 QBR number per the ESPN QBR uh, rating on a scale of 0 to 100 and had a 121.8 passer rating. He was outstanding. The defense may have been even better. Uh, That was the first divisional round playoff game of the weekend. Man, it was cold and windy at M&T Bank. By the way, the extended forecast for Sunday in Baltimore does call for some rain with falling temperatures during the game. Will it get, you know, the cold air get in uh, quickly enough to turn it to snow? Looks like the extended's got it turning to snow Sunday night, perhaps after the game or early Monday morning. Um, But it could be a chilly, wet day as of now uh, for the all-grass field at MNT uh, Bank Stadium. So we talked uh, in the first hour about the two games yesterday, the Chiefs win uh, in Buffalo and the earlier in the afternoon win by Detroit over Tampa Bay. want to spend uh, a few minutes just talking about Baltimore, Houston, and then San Francisco, Green Bay. And then we'll go with some open phones here on this Monday following divisional round in which we had four games. We had lots of news related to Washington's coaching search, including the report from Jonathan Jones at CBS that suggests that Ben Johnson is the front runner for the Washington job. Uh, And the breaking news here this morning that Ron Rivera is interviewing with the Philadelphia Eagles for their available defensive coordinator uh, opening. Um, So in about 15 20 minutes, um, we will open up phone lines at 301-230-0980. Also, I want to mention, as we did last week, February 2nd, Friday night, a week from this coming Friday night at the Bethesda Theater, it's 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 Live. We'll all be on stage together, the Junkies, Grant and Danny, B. Mitch and Finley from our sister station now, 106.7 The Fan. Uh, Yours truly, Chris Russell, Craig Hoffman. It better be Doc Walker as well uh, with us uh, as well on that night. Tickets are available. We'll be telling stories. uh, We'll be telling, uh, answering questions um, and uh, debating good topics. Uh, At that point, too, we will have the Super Bowl matchup. uh, And we will likely have the new head coach of the Washington franchise. Um, But please join us Friday, February 2nd, 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater on Wisconsin Avenue. You can get tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. All right, so let's go uh, Saturday back to Baltimore-Houston. I thought it was an interesting game. I, I mean, I loved Baltimore before this game started. I just thought that Houston you know, had a great game against a good defensive team in Cleveland as well. Indoors that, you know, that that outdoors Baltimore's defense just loved them. And the first half, you know, was a little bit shaky. 
And the bottom line is, you know, during the entirety of the game, Houston never advanced the football inside the Baltimore 25-yard line. But they did have they did have a Steven Sims 67-yard punt return. Yeah, that Steven Sims. I loved him when he was here in Washington. Thought that he was one of the more electric uh, playmakers for this team in 2019 and 2020. He was with Buffalo in 21. He was with Pittsburgh in 2021-2022. And he has been in Houston uh, this year. He was released initially, then re-signed to the practice squad, and then he was promoted to the active roster for the divisional round of the playoffs. And he returned a punt 67 yards for a touchdown, and it was like, oh my God, the Ravens have been dominant. They've only they only lead 10 to 3, but now it is 10 to 10. And the next drive, if you recall, they went three and out, and Houston got a couple of plays, including a big throw from Stroud to Collins on a third and 13. And that was really their biggest play offensively of the day for 29 yards. And Fairbairn missed a field goal uh, at the end of that half, 30-something seconds left in the half, that would have given them a halftime lead. But it was dominance, pure dominance in the second half. Jackson was outstanding. I thought Baltimore's defensive players that just stood out you know, consistently, guys like Smith and Queen and Matabuke and Clowney and Van Noy, I mean – They, as we talked about in hour one, they are dominant defensively, and they were missing some pieces at times, and they had a couple of players, including Darby, get injured during the game. Uh, But this is a team that destroyed Houston twice, destroyed Miami, destroyed San Francisco, against Detroit when the Lions were were a 5-1 and football team, and they came into Baltimore. That game was in October. It was late October. Remember, Denton, we came in here the next day and said, oh, my God, is it more Baltimore or is it that we're a little, we were a little bit too high on Detroit? They beat them 38-6. to This is a hell of a football team right now, the Ravens are. I, I, I'm going to be really surprised if they don't win the Super Bowl. And, and a Baltimore-San Francisco rematch will be a good one. But the, the big difference is they've got Lamar. And San Francisco doesn't. Uh, Lamar Jackson was sensational. In watching this game, too, I can't tell you how many times I just said, God, I want Jaden Daniels here. I know that he's not as thick or as well-built physically as Lamar is, but they're so similar as runners. For those of you that haven't spent a lot of time on Jaden Daniels and are into you know, getting to one to take Caleb uh, Williams, or you really like Drake May, just watch the way Jaden Daniels ran the football. It is so Lamar-esque in the acceleration and the open field vision. Lamar's more powerful, no doubt, and has a much thicker frame. Daniels is taller, um, but not as thick. Um, and I actually, Denton, I think Jaden Daniels throws the ball better than Lamar. I think he does. Uh, coming out of college, certainly, yeah. Uh, Lamar had a really good deep ball in college, but coming out of college, Jaden Daniels has a little bit more touch. Um, they ran it for two twenty nine. I think you know they 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 lost um, uh, Keaton Mitchell, who was a real home run threat. You know they lost him in that Chargers game, maybe I forget which game it was. 
Justice Hill has some of that game-breaking ability, but look, their receivers are are better. Zay Flowers has made a significant difference for them. And then special teams, they've been outstanding all year long, but they did give up that punt return and uh they made CJ Stroud. I thought he did I, I didn't think he shrunk from the occasion at all. He had a couple of big-time throws, <clears throat> but they really couldn't run the football and nobody's going to run the football against Baltimore. 34 to 10. Uh, by the way, you know, at 10 to 10, the, the punt return was a massive play in the game. And then the second half kickoff return by Duvernay was huge, too. It was like that gave them the ball at the 45 yard line to start that next drive. It was a 37 yard kickoff return. So I thought you had a punt return that was significant in the first half and a kickoff return that ended up being significant, and it jump-started that first drive that gave him the 17-10 to 10 lead, uh, and then every time they touched the ball, it was points the rest of the way in a 34-10 to 10 win. Uh, and then we get to the game on Saturday night. I love the Niners going into this. I really thought that there was no way the Niners were going to score less than 30, 31, something like that. Uh, in the game, um, and uh, they they were in a dogfight. I mean, Green Bay that open drive. I mean, it, it was the Dallas you know game identically, except it ended in a field goal. Fourteen plays, I think it was sixty yards. They took off seven and a half minutes of the clock, and it was three to nothing. And you're like, whoa. Um, and then they had another long drive that made it seven to six. You know, you had the blocked field goal at the end of the half. Um, that kept the lead seven to six. San Francisco, um, Green Bay defensively did a nice job uh, all game long. Um, you know, Darnell Savage had that dropped pick six in the first half that could have made a big difference in the game. He had the pick six against the Cowboys. Had another one in his hands. I don't know if that one would have gone um, the whole diff- uh, the the whole way back. Um, but, you know, the Packers were there at halftime. They had dominated time of possession. They were only down a point. Um, and there was a lot of pressure. You know, Trent Williams had that 15-yard penalty. I know that it was a bit of a flop, but Trent, you know, ends up with penalties like that. Um, uh, I'm still amazed at how many times McCaffrey and Kittle break tackles. And losing Debo Samuel, by the way, in the first half was huge to Purdy. They have not been... For the most part this year, the same team without Debo Samuel uh, in the game. Um, But, man, McCaffrey, yards after contact. Kittle, yards after contact. But, look, this game was there for the taking. Um, It was... uh, it was that last drive, um, you know. So you get you get the the 49ers that that take over after the missed field goal, the Carlson field goal, um, which was not a long field goal. It was 41 yards, and that was a bad miss. Uh, you know, it was each team missed a field goal in the game, but they were there, <clears throat> moved into San Francisco territory. Look, they had a first and ten, up 21-17 at the San Francisco 25-ish. Yard line, I mean, worst case is they were going to be up seven at the end of this drive. Best case is they were going to be up 11 at the end of this drive unless Chase Young made a big play. Ha ha. Uh, he was not very effective in the game. Really hasn't been that of a, uh, effective. And that missed Carlson field goal was was a killer 
for the Packers, and that gave the 49ers life. And, you know, they had the sneak by Purdy on third and one. Uh, By the way, up until that drive, I did not think Purdy looked like a legitimate upper-tier quarterback. Just didn't. I think there have been times when I've watched him that I felt that way. But you can confuse him, and he made some bad throws, and he got lucky on a couple of throws, especially on that one to Savage. Um, But uh, the the big play was the third and five with about three and a half to go. And, you know, it's two down territory with 338 left. And he throws a ball to Brandon Ayuk, and this is why, I mean, I've loved Ayuk from the jump and and thought that he was a, a little bit underappreciated. Not anymore. He makes a catch on a third and five slant. It was a good throw, but he had to pick it up basically before it hit the ground and held on to it, and that was the play of that drive. In fact, in the moment, I didn't think it was a catch. And 49ers were hurrying up. I thought we might get a challenge, uh, but we didn't, and it's a good thing you didn't because it was a catch. And then Purdy, I thought, made the best play, the throw to Connolly on the sideline, perfect timing on a first and 10 for you know 15-plus yards. Um, I don't know what the exact yardage is. I'm looking at my notes. Um, and then he makes that scramble you know, on the um, – uh, they were second and 10. You know, they need a touchdown here. They need a touchdown, and he, he he takes off, and he gets near a first down, and then McCaffrey scores on the next play. Now, some of you were wondering why LaFleur didn't take a timeout. I'm with you on that. I think after the Purdy scramble gets him into a second and one at the Green Bay 6, you then have to assume, more likely than not, that the 49ers are going to score a touchdown. Now, because the 49ers had timeouts left. You don't want to stop them and then give them a chance at the ball back um, with a uh, uh, with a, a three and out, but you want to leave yourself with plenty of time. And they ultimately did because McCaffrey scored on the next play with a minute seven to go. Now, if McCaffrey doesn't get it in there and they get a first down, I think at that point LaFleur starts to use his timeouts. But when Green Bay got the ball back 24-21, you know, loved to Dobbs. Man, Dobbs is good. They get the first down and that throw to Musgrave. They've got the ball at their own 36. They just need a field goal to force overtime. And then Love rolling right throw, you know, makes the cardinal sin of throwing the ball back across the field. And then what was Dre Greenlaw doing? Benton, what was he doing? Oh now, I had the Niners laying nine and a half. So I was like, stay up, see if you can take it to the house. But it was not a great play. It burned a lot of clock. Um, but uh, he eventually went down without giving it back. But, you know, I mentioned earlier a buddy of mine had sent me this text after the Josh Allen game, and he said, your boy Philip Rivers and Josh Allen are the same guy. And one of the playoff games that Philip Rivers lost was a pick on Brady to end the game, but the return, they fumbled back. And Brady took the, took, took the ball down the field after they got the ball back on the interception return fumble uh, and scored the game winner. Um, but anyway, uh, they win the game. I, I just a, a pet peeve. I, personally, if I'm Matt LaFleur with two timeouts left um, and 38 seconds or 35 seconds left, I'm making San Francisco in a driving rainstorm snap the ball twice. You just – I don't – 
I don't understand. The Bulls thing is one of the worst things you'll ever see in terms of you know, being completely oblivious. And I think he was oblivious to what happened. And that followed Dan Campbell's completely blunderous, you know, kneel down situation, you know, taking, taking a knee with 16 seconds and then with 15 seconds after that. Um, but I just, I would never take two timeouts to the locker room in a loss down one score or less, you know, down, you know, down no more than one score. I just, especially in the rain, you know, you got rain falling. You've you know, had some, I mean, on one of the throws that Purdy made, he was literally wiping his hand on his towel in the middle of the drop back. Um, close call for the Niners. You know, the Niners looked like the most invincible team at times during the regular season, but it's really the Ravens who are the most invincible team look-wise. Look and obviously in their head-to-head, they destroyed the 49ers. Uh, but they were lucky to get out of that game Saturday night. Jordan Love was, you know, really good. Purdy was did a nice job on that final drive, don't get me wrong, but I did not think he was very impressive until that uh, final drive. McCaffrey's their best player. Um, it's just not close. Uh, but I thought a lot of players, Aaron Jones, what a run to the se- end of the season he had. Listen to Aaron Jones's last five games. 127 yards, six yards a carry. 120 yards, six yards a carry. 111 yards, five yards a carry. That ended the regular season, got him into the postseason. 118 yards, 5.6 yards per carry against the Cowboys. 108 yards, 6 yards per carry against the Niners. I mean, the dude was unbelievable down the stretch. Um, Their ability to run the football really did make it a lot easier for Love. He had the two interceptions, and the last one was a bad one. Got to learn from that. Can't throw the ball across the field. It's first and 10. You don't have to make the play there. You know, you've got time. There's 50-something seconds left in the game, um, and he made an awful decision there, and uh, the 49ers are going on. Um, And they're seven-point favorite in this NFC title game. Uh, Six and a half now in spots against Detroit. My first blush on these two championship games, Denton, just like I felt Saturday, are the two teams that seem destined to, to match up in the Super Bowl. I think the two best teams in the league. I like the Ravens laying the three and a half. I'll buy it down to three. And I like the 49ers laying the seven against the Niners. Uh, against the Lions, excuse me. The Lions defensively are not very good right now. Um, they're giving up chunk plays. They're giving up yards. Uh, you know, Tampa had over 400 yards of offense against them. Um, and I could see uh, the Niners completely shredding uh, the Lions um, up and down the field. Now, will Detroit be able to move the football against San Francisco? Green Bay did. So interesting. But I like the two favorites, and I hate playing favorites, and I did it <laughs> twice on Saturday, but I like both of the favorites. What's your first blush on these championship games. I, I would like to just have it confirm that Debo is playing before I play that San Francisco. Fair point. Um, because if he's playing, I don't know if there's a number high enough. Because like when I watched that game, there were points where it felt like Tampa Bay's wide receivers were just kind of running wide open all over the place, and Baker just wasn't necessarily seeing them against Detroit. So I think if Debo is playing, that San Francisco is going to mop the floor with uh, 
with Detroit. I'm a little less convinced with Kansas City and Baltimore. I do think Baltimore is going to win, but I just I feel very odd betting against Patrick Mahomes. I think he has risen to that echelon of athletes that it's uncomfortable for me to bet against. So I don't know how I'm going to play that one yet. I'm going to need a couple of days for that one. Has Kansas City, and we know that they haven't had an AFC title game on the road, um, and this will be their first one and only their second road playoff game of the Mahomes era. And I'm just trying to think, didn't Andy read the championship games? Did he ever have a championship game on the road? In in Philadelphia? Yeah, in Philly. Um, you know they lost some of those championship games at home. They lost to uh, they lost to Carolina at home. They lost to Atlanta at home. Didn't they beat Atlanta though? When Michael they Vick beat was Atlanta there? at home to go to that first Super Bowl against New England. They lost to the Rams on the road, right? Um, was I'm that pulling it up now? Their I think thing. they lost to the Rams on the road. Yes, that one was at the Rams in two thousand and one. Um, they lost to the Panthers. That one was at home in 2003. Uh, the Falcons was at home. You saw only one road uh, championship game to the Rams. Did they play? Did they? Did Andy Reid play New England on the road in, in a championship game? Oh, um, Andy Reid also lost them in 2008 to the Cardinals. That one was on the road. Oh, the Cardinals on yeah. the road. I remember that one. Okay, man, Andy Reid's coached in a lot of playoff games in his career and a lot of championship games in his career for sure. Um, all right. Uh, your turn N- up next phone lines open 301 230 uh, big takeaway from the four playoff games this weekend. Anything that you'd like to say in regards to Washington's virtual interviews. And we've got two real interviews in Quinn and, um, uh, Raheem Morris, according to reports for today, they interviewed Eric Bieniemy for the head coaching job. If you want to weigh in on that, phone lines are open. It's kind of a Monday post-divisional round open skate on the phones at 301-230-0980. We'll get to that next.